Hey everybody, I'm John Pyle. I'm the digital pastor here at City Church. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast, whether you're watching the video or just listening to it wherever you are. We're really glad that you're here. I wanted to let you know that all of the resources we talk about are available at city.church slash makepeace. Any of the downloadable files that you can write on or read, um, the podcast, any videos, and as well as links to the sermons if you're interested in catching up or if you missed them. So you can check that all out there. We also have been trying this out and we want to know from you, is this good? If this is something you like, if this is a podcast that has helped you, please share it with your friends. Let other people know about it. Let us know how you feel at that page, city.church slash makepeace. But I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the City Church Podcast. I'm John Pyle, the digital pastor here with our third week with Pastor Witty. So excited to be here with you guys. And as promised this week, we're answering your questions. I don't want to delay too much and get into that. But John, how has this series been? John's been a good series. Um, we anticipated pretty good response, but the response demonstrated through the live Q&A over the last weekend was just fantastic. People really paying attention, wanting to work through their relationships. And it's actually been very encouraging to us uh, just how well people have responded to the series. So we're grateful for that, hoping it's making a difference for folks. Yeah, well, and thank y'all. I mean, we have hundreds of questions to sort through and real life stuff. And so we appreciate the interaction. And there's always more that you can submit questions online or you can look up the number again and continue to do that. But So the first question we have is from the medical center here in Texas. I saw the first part of Make Peace. It was really weird that a week ago, my biological father contacted me after 20 plus years. Instead of making peace with them, I told him off. He was not a good person to my mother or siblings. Now I feel as though I've missed God's calling to make peace with them. What can I do now? Yeah, well, uh, first, John, what I'd say is, is don't beat yourself up too much about that first uh, engagement uh, with your biological father. It's that's a really difficult situation. I've never lived through it, but I can only imagine, you know, years perhaps of disappointment, anger, bitterness kind of pent up. And so that was your first natural response. Um, it, It does highlight the fact that it's really hard for us to make peace with someone if we're not first at peace with ourselves about what has gone on. And so even though this was said directly to this person's father, typically we also talk to other people this way about him, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, this just highlights the importance of step three. So in, um, in coming, in trying to deal with this, like a missed opportunity, what do I do? Well, unless it really blew up, and we don't know all the facts, but unless it really blew up, I'm going to assume that there still would be another opportunity to come back and make peace. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he showed up after 20 years, took a lot of courage on his part, it probably means that something good has happened to him mm. to make him want to do that. And so I think he would be open to you pursuing, this person pursuing a conversation with him. In getting ready for that conversation, that's where I think the work needs to be done. So before I tried to go have the conversation again, I'd try to prepare myself for it. And the way I would prepare for it is through the three-step process. So I would literally get out a few pages of paper and 
I, I would make the list that we talked about. I'd work through the steps sequentially. So the first thing I would do is I would, I would look at my life, the person writing it, and I would try to just work through the list that we gave and that is also at our website for uh, looking at your own life and what is good about your own life. So the fact that your biological father was out of the picture for 20 years, that's a really bad thing. Mm. And, and it can have some pretty disastrous results. However, what you don't want to do is let that frame your entire life. Mm. Your life is bigger than that. It's more than that. And even though you've missed a fundamental component, uh, perhaps there's a chance now with him back in the picture to go back and pick that up. But whether that happens or not, you don't want to let that one fact become and determine your entire life. And so what step one does for us is it helps us to get some distance between the, the thing that we're struggling with or the person that we're struggling with and the rest of our lives. And so to add perspective to the conflict, I need to make that list about all the things that are good in my life. Mm. And so what we did to help people make that list is we used our good life chart and we just said, what's good about the place where I you know, call home? What's good about my work? What's good about my resources? What's good about my relationship to God? Yeah. What's good about if you're married, your spouse, your relationship to your spouse? What's good about your relationship to your children? to your friends and to you know, extended family. Right. And so what this does is it gives you a basic framework for just taking inventory of your life and seeing what is really good about that. And you know, remember that as Christ followers, we don't believe that we just got lucky and got these good things in our lives, that these good things are blessings from a personal God who loves us and cares about us and he loves and cares about you despite the fact that your biological father hasn't been in the picture most of your life. And you have to remember that God also loves and cares about your biological father. Mm. And he loves him as much as he loves you. Yeah. And so that having that perspective toward your father and looking at him the way that God looks at him, of course, is gonna help you uh, in step one. Then. You need to take step two as well, and that is you've got to try to see what is good about this man who hasn't been in my life. Now, I could imagine that that would, might be a fairly short list at this point, <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing that's good about him already, and that is after 20 years, this grown man humbled himself and came back yeah. to, to do something with you. And I can tell you as an older man that as we get older, what most older men do is we separate ourselves from people. Mm. We, our circle gets very small and we get tired of messing with all the stuff, you know, yeah. it's kind of yeah. like, and I've seen this in Africa when I, when I worked there for almost 20 years. Old men are just known to make their circle pretty small. And what your older biological father did is he just opened it back up. And that isn't normal. Yeah. It's a bit abnormal. And so for an older man to do that took a lot for him to do it. And so 
that doesn't make all of this person's pain go away, but what it does do is it gives me something to begin with to say, you know what, he just did something pretty good and I need to give him credit for that. So maybe there's a chance for us to actually work together and work this out. Then obviously taking step three is, you know, going back and through prayer, through talking to God, just letting God know how you feel about all this, trying to uncover your own emotions that you feel toward your biological father and what it sounds like they did the first time is they just dumped all of that on this man. Yeah. And I get that, but as they're now saying, that probably didn't help the situation at all. And it didn't, and it never does, but we've all made those kinds of mistakes. So going back and praying through what you feel and the questions you have and the concerns you have until you're at peace so that when you go to meet again, with your biological father, if it doesn't turn out the way you hoped it would, it's still okay. Mm. Because you are at peace with what happened. And that's the importance of the third step. You can never be guaranteed that you can make peace because making peace requires two people to both work at it. But I think he might be willing to work at it because of what he's done. And so absolutely, I would follow that back up And it would take a little bit of humility to say, you know what, I was wrong. Maybe I was right, but I was wrong. That's week two, that's step two. And just say that. And I, you know, I want to thank you for coming back into our lives. I want to get to know you. Let's talk. Yeah. Well, and interestingly enough, I actually have personal experience with this question. So Mm. person who asked this, I know what this is like, and I will reiterate everything what he said, but I will say what he said at the very beginning take out a sheet of paper and write something down (laughs) because this is a situation you are not adequately prepared to face. You have to prepare for it and you have to know what you want to get out of it as opposed to just going in and letting your emotions kind of take over. Um, Because what I found was you kind of confront your biological father then it's like, so how the last 20 years been? (laughs) There's really nothing to talk about because you don't know this person. Yeah. And so it's really good to prepare. And like you said, Woody, come to a place where no matter what happens from their perspective, you can be at peace about it. Yeah. Good. That's good. All right. Next question. What if you're in a relationship where it's never ending arguing and you try your best to fix it? Right. Okay. So I'm sure a bunch of people listening to us have had this kind of experience. And so... Uh, If you think about it, when two people are constantly arguing with each other, what they're really doing is, without saying it, they're both saying, I want my way, Mm -hmm. and I don't really care about your way. Okay, so if we think about that, it's going to be almost impossible to make peace in a relationship when you have two people that are both determined to get their way. Ideally, in a healthy relationship, You have two healthy people who are both able to yield to the other person that they're in relationship with at the right time. And they both have the emotional uh, IQ Mm. uh, to be able to recognize when I'm the one who needs to yield. And so if they both recognize that, I'm never having to say, hey, in this argument, you have to yield because I'm right. Right. I don't, I I can't win, we can't win if we have to say that. It has to be me who recognizes it's my turn to yield. I need to do that. So I wanna take 
them back to the story I told from Martin Luther about the billy goats yeah. on the tree. Everybody That's remember that? such a good that? story. Okay, Great so story. we're crossing the tree, using it as a bridge that has fallen down in the German black forest. And instead of having to walk all the way down the ravine and all the way back up, you just use the fallen tree as the bridge, but you get two billy goats on it moving opposite directions at the same time and their button heads. That is what this person is describing. Arguing, we're arguing, and, and that's, we're just always butting heads with each other. How do we make peace? Well, Luther told us, and it's in that word gentle. Paul said, let your gentleness be known to all men. And so the word gentle means that I don't have to fight for my rights. I don't have to press my rights. And so remember what these billy goats would do is one of them would lay down on the tree, allow the other to walk over his back, win the argument, if you want to put it that way, and then get up. And that way, instead of both knocking each other off and falling to their death, or in our case, ruining the relationship completely, yeah. one yields, the other might not in that case, and but the relationship survives. Now, John, this is, in my opinion, this is the most difficult Oof. of the three steps without yes. a doubt. And uh, because it goes to the core of our ego and our identity and who we think we are. And, but, but I wanna remind our listeners of, of one thing. The greatest person who ever lived on this earth taught that whoever wants to be first will be last and whoever wants to be the greatest will be the least. Mm. And, and that was Jesus. Yeah. And so this is the standard and the epitome of greatness, not I'm the lowest and, and I'm the worst and so the other guy gets to walk over my back and win the argument. But no, it's the greatest who yields. Mm. And of course, Jesus ultimately demonstrated that when he yielded and allowed himself to be crucified and died uh, for our sake, for our benefit. And he suffered that so that we could win the day and have eternal life yeah. at his expense. And so Jesus lived out what he talked about and he, he, he did that. So in this case, what we're practically suggesting is, is that since yielding is to the other person, and in a sense, letting them win the argument is so difficult to do. What we need is, is we need an intermediate, uh, intermediate step. Yeah. <laughs> and so the intermediate step is making a list about all that is good about the person that you're in conflict with. Because typically I'm gonna think, this person's wrong, I'm right, that's why we're having the argument, neither one of us wants to give in. And so when I find what's good about you and when I become objective about that and kind of non-emotional about it, I just make a list of all the things that are good about you and we provided that list. It's Again, it's on yeah. our webpage, city.church slash makepeace. Whenever I make this list of what's good about the other person and I realize that this other person could possibly be right and is often right about many things in their life, it makes it easier for me to choose to yield to them. Now I'm not yielding to a monster, I'm yeah. yielding to somebody who is worth being yielded to. And it, it helps you swallow that pill, makes it a little bit easier to do. Yeah. And that is a cultural flip to even yield, but th that's why the intermediate step is there. It, it, it gives you the real reason to do it and not do it for the wrong reason. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and ultimately, John, I would say, that 
part of what Jesus was teaching us, and, and I'm gonna, I can, I want to say it this way, yeah. is that the better person yields, mm. the more mature person yields, the wiser person yields, it, and I think Jesus was hinting at that. That's what he meant. If you want to be first, you're last. If you want to be the greatest, yeah. you become the least and the servant of all. And so, John, this is at the very heart. If this person is a Christ follower who's trying to do this, who wrote this question, it's at the very heart of what it means to follow Jesus. It's hard, but it is at the heart of following him. And so it's a great challenge to take up just for that reason. Yeah. Now, I would say if, if you ultimately are just arguing and you can't ever work things out, then I think that's probably a pretty good indication that you are not compatible with that other person and you're, you're gonna have so many fires to put out all the time, it's gonna be very hard to ever build a really good relationship unless both of these people uh, take this kind of higher road of yielding you know, to the other. Yeah, yeah. it takes two. It does. Right. It takes two. And you can't always live in collision land. That's no. a bad, that's a bad place. It's hard to, to survival. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have another, more good questions. This one is, is I, I was surprised by the depth of some of the questions mm. and how honest folks were. And so I really appreciate that. And thank you. And of course it's anonymous, but when you've forgiven your partner for infidelity, what is the right way to pray for your marriage and your spouse? How do you put complete trust in the Lord and find peace through the fear? Yeah, man, this question about infidelity is is just going to be huge in our culture. And so I really appreciate this question because it's going to help a lot of people, I think, who are listening to it, if we can get it right. Uh, you know, I've never experienced what this person has experienced, but I have often wondered what would I do mm. if I experienced yeah. it. And, um, and I think I know what I would do. I know what I would want to do. So, so I would come back and I'm going to try to answer it out of that hypothetical situation. Um, I have no question that I would be hurt, but I also know that, and I believe that embracing the pain that we experience in our life, even when it's not our fault, ends up doing something very good to us. Hmm. And, um, because I think what, what embracing the pain does is it, that it's a very powerful tool that God uses to change us, to, to, to knock the edges, the sharp edges off of us. And one of the most natural things to do in a situation like this is to be, is to be bitter and to never trust the person again. Yeah. And of course you can't build forward. You can't move forward in a marriage relationship without trust. It's at the core of it. And so as, as hard as that sounds, trying to embrace that pain and let it actually have a cathartic effect, right? Mm. It's burning, it hurts, but it actually ends up being good for us. Wow. And so that's a very difficult thing to do. So that's just one thing that I think I would say. Another thing I would say about that, John, I've already answered it in another one, but it's in many questions and it's important. When it comes to perspective in step one, you cannot let if you want this relationship to last and work and be good and healthy, you cannot let that infidelity, that one-time infidelity, you cannot let it define the relationship. 
and you cannot let it define your life. Ooh, that's good. That's hard. That's good, though. That's what everybody... It's the natural thing to do. Yeah. Of course. And so, unless this person is going to move beyond the infidelity and gain perspective on it, uh, even if they say, no, I want to stay in the relationship and I want to, I want a relationship to move. It, mm -hmm. You've got, you're going to have to not let that infidelity define everything or you're never going to get to where I hear them wanting to go. Yeah. So that is step one in the process is recognizing, okay, this is one event. It's a bad event. Uh, it's a wrong event. It's a sinful event. I mean, it is in every way. I'm not making light of the infidelity at all, but you cannot let Hold it forever against that person. You can't let it define you. You cannot let it define the spouse. Um, this happens. Yeah. People do this. Yeah. There's a reason God told us not to commit adultery. And we got a lot of questions about it. <laughs> yeah, of and course. And even outside of religious communities, this Absolutely. is a norm. This is a norm <laughs> that people go... Hey man, you shouldn't cheat on your spouse. Hey, it doesn't matter if no, you John, believe in God or not. You like, that's don't a, have to yeah. believe in God to have this because it's just obvious to all of us. And so I think the reason that God said not to do it, since I'm a you know a believer, the reason He said not to do it is partially because He knows it's going to happen. So another thing I would say to this person is, as bad as it is, recognize that this kind of thing happens, and it happens to a lot of people. So there are a lot of people in the same situation. And so either your relationship, just all those relationships have to end or there has to be a way to get through it. Mm. And, uh, and I believe there is. And so uh, moving through it, step one is to recognize all that's good about your life still in spite of that. I think it's crucial that we get that kind of perspective. And in that way, while all the pain doesn't go away, some of it begins to get alleviated and we, we recognize that my life is bigger even than this relationship, right? Yeah. I mean, our lives are. It's hard to think that way. Right. When you've been married as long as some of us have, like you, my life's bigger than Linda hmm. and whatever Linda and I are doing together. And of course, that's at the core of my life. In terms of human relationships, yeah. it's the relationship to my spouse. But my life is bigger than that. Linda is at her work today. I'm at mine. She's making a contribution at the hospital. I'm making a contribution here. Uh, we're not doing each other's job. Our lives are bigger than that. We're going to talk about our day tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. we're going to share what we both did when we get back together. And we do that all the time. So we're going to come back together around that, but still our lives are bigger than that. So gaining perspective and not allowing this incident of infidelity to define your relationship, to define your life in total is really important. And this principle, John, applies to so many of the questions that were texted in. Yeah. First, you have to gain perspective. Otherwise, you will give too much importance to this singular event. Mm. And I'm not saying that to say that it wasn't important. It was. And I'm sorry that it happened to the person that it happened to. But um, you can't let it define you. Then, the second thing that I would say is that you're, you're, you're absolutely going to have to look for what's good in your spouse. Okay, we know that wasn't good. And 
the work of the spouse in this case is to go back and ask the question, why did I get into that relationship? Right. What was behind yeah. that? Where is there a missing, unfulfilled need in my life that I thought this relationship with someone else would solve that? That's work that has to be done. It's very hard work, but if you're gonna not repeat that behavior, you're gonna have to answer yeah, that know question. Why. So that, that work has to be done, but in order to allow yourself to truly value that person, you have to see what else is good about them, even though this wasn't good. So remember, one of the things I said in the second week of the series is even if the person you're in conflict with is wrong in this particular situation, there are things about them that are right. And we have to give them credit for that, and we have to build our relationship on that. Now, let's, take a, let's prove that, mm -hmm. the importance of doing yeah. it. Infidelity is not in the same category as, well, my husband or wife has this really bad habit that comes up over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, they'll always nitpick that something isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that creates conflict in a relationship as well. It's true. And if that characteristic is there in your spouse, they're doing it to you all the time. Or my spouse never picks up anything. Mm. They I leave, borrow, the, dishes, I leave yeah. the dishes out on the counter all, all the, time the time and forget to put them away. <laughs> I just did it last night. Okay, so, so we're always living in relationship with someone else who does things that annoy us that we don't like. How do we live with them? Do we say, ah, well, incompatible, we can't? No. We, look, we overlook that by looking at all the things that are good about that person in order to be able to handle the few things that we don't like. Yeah. And so, infidelity is way bigger than not putting the dishes up. Yeah. I get it, but it is of the same kind in the sense that something happened that you didn't like, it was wrong, but now what are you gonna do about it? And in order to continue their marriage together, they're gonna have to they're gonna to have to have good reasons to continue to love each other and good reasons to forgive. And then the last thing I would say about that is, is that forgiveness clearly has to take place. Uh, the person who was involved uh, in the, the affair uh, has to, I think, genuinely you know, own and recognize, right. okay, what I did was wrong. And, uh, and then the person who was wronged is going to have to forgive and forgiveness means several things. First of all, it doesn't mean, forgiving doesn't mean that what the other person did was right. You're not saying that when you're forgiving. Secondly, uh, forgiveness doesn't mean that, oh, you can just go do that to me again. Yeah. But what it does mean is, is that I'm gonna bear the burden of the pain I feel. And I'm gonna take that to God, and I do feel pain, but I'm gonna take that to God, which is step three, and I'm gonna ask him to give me peace about it so that I can bear it. And because I'm going to bear that burden, instead of requiring you to bear it, I'm going to give you another chance mm. to prove what I think is true, and that is that you love me and that you really do want to be in a relationship with me. Now, John, we have, I know we have people listening who have been, who are in uh, relationships where there's been infidelity multiple times. I think that's a different category. Okay. And that shows me that the person that you're in relationship with uh, either isn't owning what they're doing genuinely um, and perhaps either isn't willing to deal with the core issues that are causing that repeated behavior 
but that is not the same as what I'm talking about here. Yeah. And um, so, anyway, that's it's you got to still take all three steps, and that's how you move your marriage forward. So I hope that's helpful. Yeah. No, that's good. And you just delineated between I made a mistake and an unhealthy pattern. Yes. The, a repeating, continual pattern of adultery and right. uh, of infidelity, and that's that's a different thing. The other thing that I like that you said is we're already overlooking bad stuff about the person. (laughs) The nature of marriage, unless you married a perfect person, and if that's you, I'd be interested (laughs) to know uh, how long that lasts. But you're already doing it. This is just extending it to a deeper place. It's taking something that is a lot more hurtful than not putting away the dishes, but it's following the same principle that you're already doing because something your spouse does drives you crazy. No matter how good your relationship is right now, that's just the reality. And John, that's what real love is if you think about it we're in relationship with God uh, you think things we do don't drive him crazy mm. they, we do Come we on, do it right, all the time right, right? We are, we're all guilty of that and yet God continually forgives and he's the one who even he bore the burden of our forgiveness that's what the cross was is he bore the burden yeah. in order to be just in forgiving us and so for, forgiveness doesn't say that, oh, nothing happened here and sweeping it under the rug. We're not saying that. But we're building around it. It's like a thorn in your flesh and your, your, your body builds that pocket around mm. it. And so it eventually expels it so that you can go on and be healthy. And uh, there is absolutely every reason to believe if both partners are willing to deal with this uh, at a deep level, that they can move forward and have a, a long-lasting good relationship. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's so good. We could we could probably talk for an hour just yeah. about forgiveness and that. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for checking this out, whether you're watching or listening. This was incredible just listening to Witty answer questions and talk to him. And over the last three podcasts, I know that I've learned so much. I hope you learned a lot, too. If you want to check out any of the resources we speak about, you can go to city.church slash make peace and you can learn a lot more there. You can watch the sermon, see some other videos, as well as the other podcasts that are going on. If this is something that you found valuable, please share it with your friends. Let other people know about it. You could send the podcast, send the video, and also let us know that this was worthwhile. We've tried it for a few weeks and we hope it was something that can help you grow in your relationships and make peace. I'll see you guys later.